your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. Mayor Tim Cabot on today. A whole bunch of news to get to. We don't even have time. Tim, uh, thanks for joining me today. We don't even have time to like discuss. I wanted to discuss the NFL the NBA and Major League Baseball, uh, but now, now just I don't, I don't know. We don't have enough time to get into it. Well, we, NBA, you know, Bucks fans are sad. The baseball, were, I think the uh, the the Brewers got the Cubs right where they want them. Of course, <laughs> uh, with about a month left in the season, and then the football season starts tonight, which is pretty exciting. There is, there does look like there's a great game tonight, and the Packers play the Vikings, so it can't be better. It can't be a better first week of football for for at least us until the Packers lose to the Vikings, then it'll be dismal. But um, uh, yeah, I just I just sent you this notice too, and I, I noticed uh, maybe everyone heard it during the end of the news there as I'm talking to Brad. Uh, UW Lacrosse's uh, COVID response team has called for a shelter in place for Coat Hall, so one of the residence halls there or dormitories. Effective immediately in response to a surge of positive tests. This was sh- shared in a message to the campus earlier this afternoon. So um, probably news that you just you just found out yourself, huh? Yes, and, and I think with our, our case numbers today with the 75 cases as reported by the state, uh, I think, you know, there's, there is great cause for concern. The expectation, of course, with... Uh, People returning to school and with the flu season coming on here in, in not too distant future that we're going to see a rise in the virus here in our community. And I, you know, I, that causes everybody to worry. I, you're looking at uh, what is it? Winona State is is got quarantine issues going on there in Winona. And I know at UW-Madison, they're having some of the same struggles. So it's, it's not surprising, but it's uh, concerning for sure. Yes. Yeah, do you do you as a mayor? Do you is there anything that you see that needs to be done in your power uh, in in terms of these rising cases? And you know, like we don't have a, we already have a mask mandate, so that you can't do anything more there. I don't know if it's like do you do you find a different avenue to enforce it? Do you have to you know, like do other limiting options at at downtown bars? Anything like that? I don't know. We're, we're the, as far as the the city's authority, it's 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 very limited. We typically uh, th- those other places that where they might have additional restrictions on bars and restaurants, for example, or on gatherings. Those are typically done through a health order, and here our health orders are issued by La Crosse County, and, and they've been um, they've not issued orders at this point. They've they've basically worked on the angle of encouraging people to do the right thing. So as far as the city's authority, it's pretty limited. I mean, we did look at or look into a possible ordinance to require face coverings uh, prior to the governor's mask mandate. And so we're watching to see how that goes through the courts, because I know that that's that order is being challenged. Um, What, you know, what we can continue to do is, is encourage people to do the right thing and to take it seriously uh, you know, I've been hearing um, uh, and watching what's been going on in other communities in Wisconsin, and I know even in in Madison, uh, there the Dane County Executive has been is suggesting that maybe the the students should be sent home, that there shouldn't be any in person, you know, in the residence halls, and it should be done all virtually there. So that and that would be a pretty drastic move 
but uh, at least for right now in the cross, we're we're trying to encourage everybody to do the right thing. With the city schools, elementary, high schools, you know, the lacrosse school district, essentially, it, 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 it's appearing to be the right decision to at least postpone in-person school for a month. Huh? Do, you, do, you, do you have any conversations with them on, on what to do? No, they they consult with the, with the health department. And I think, again, it's difficult because there it doesn't seem to be like there's no right or wrong answer in some of these decisions. I think as long as I know that's what we've tried to do with our city operations is to err on the side of caution, if at all possible, to limit large gatherings and to limit opportunities where you can see these events where there's, uh, you know, super spreading or, or, or whatnot. So that, that's how we've tried to make the decisions all along. It, it, you know, and, I, and I, I don't know the details of how the school district ultimately decided, but having classes start virtually does make some sense at least through the this you know September and I know they're going to reevaluate that uh in in October but it, it's difficult i mean these you know folks are trying to do the right thing and make the right decisions and it's you know it doesn't always work out as we're seeing with uh places that have you know a, a rapidly increasing case numbers yeah, and it looks like the county health department just posted uh, that they are going to go back to weekly or daily updates of case counts so if you if you looked at the seventy five cases today, if you if you went back to yesterday, because the the county health department posts like a weekly snapshot of how many total cases Lacrosse County has, and it was uh, if I remember right, it was it was like twenty off from uh, what the state the state had. So and then if you if you go by the state's numbers today. Uh, 75 cases. It doesn't correlate with what the county health department does. So they, they say, you know, weekly snapshot, a weekly look at the numbers makes more sense. But it looks like they're going back to uh, to reporting cases daily, maybe because the, the the numbers don't match up with the state at all. Well, and I, and I think that would be the, the right decision, because I, I do get the sense in talking with other people around town that when when they were doing the weekly numbers, it it doesn't have the same impact as hearing what's going on on a daily basis. And I and I think getting that uh, that case count every day it just reinforces that we're still you know the COVID nineteen is still in our community. We still need to take it very seriously. You know the last thing we want to do is have have a surge in cases that could potentially impact capacities at the hospitals. So. Having those daily reports, I think, makes a lot of sense, and I'm glad if they are going in that direction. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and they they updated that, and they updated uh, the new like high risk categories, which is all places where you open your mouth downtown, essentially, <laughs> all bars and restaurants downtown. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those on the like high risk uh, category. So. Um, all right, Mayor Tim Cabot's going to join us for most of the hour. You got which, how many meetings do you have tonight? Uh, we have, well, we, there's a Judiciary and Administration Committee at 5.50 and then the regular council meeting at 6 o'clock. Do you, do you like, hang up with me and then turn your Zoom app on on your phone? Do you do these or do you have, like, a desktop computer or a laptop or something you do this stuff on? No, I've, I've got a laptop that I that I use, but I'm, I'm here in, at City Hall today for the council meeting, so I'll be in the council chambers for, for those meetings. Tonight. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, Mayor Tim Cabot, he'll join us. Brad's got to do the news here quick, and we'll be back after this. I'm with him. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if I get there. 
Uh, so many things going on. Mayor Tim Cabot's joining us. Mayor, I'm just looking at like the UWL COVID uh, positive test results. 64 today. 64, 21 yesterday, and 12 the day before that. So I didn't. They just started. They must have just started putting the uh, the positive test results online too. You know what? I'll pop so, you up. There you go. I pop, you weren't on. Go ahead. Now you're on. <laughs> Sorry. I was gonna say that. That's a jump. Uh, that's a, definitely a jump in numbers. So and, and I I'm not I haven't dived into this if it's just it must just be on UW Lacrosse I'm not sure if it's just UWL students or if it's uh or if it's their testing that they're doing on campus I'm not exactly sure I haven't looked at it too hard yet um Lacrosse, there's a, a city council meeting tonight and a, a judiciary meeting you said uh, there's a couple of things on that agenda I wanted to talk about. Uh, this has been in the news the last couple of days, though, in regards to the arts board. Two two different things. So, um, and you had talked about this uh, a couple of days ago, maybe last week, even. Uh, it's hard hard to hard to remember. Um, just the idea that the arts board either wants its thirty thousand dollars or wants thirty thousand more dollars. They can you can you explain that a little bit? Well, we're proposing this. This would be additional funds. So we we do have a very small budget for the arts board every year in our operating budget Uh, this year unfortunately that got basically wiped out because of covid and and our loss of revenues but what we're proposing is to reprogram some available dollars so that they could work on a number of projects and and that's where the um the thirty thousand dollars is coming from because that's coming from a different project that's not going to happen this year so we're looking to provide that into public art and really get the um, the arts board and, and arts in our community get it kind of a, a jump start again because uh, we we know how important the arts are for our, our community and our economy and we you know I think it's it's pretty clear that when we see these projects when when things come together just the impact they make and we're looking to revamp and, and kind of re-energize that effort. All right. So, and then on on top of that, the, there's another. I'll I'll give you a scenario here. So the essentially the arts board on the agenda. Something about the arts board wants to make more more have more power, make more decisions on art. So I'm just going to throw this the the most the the top example that I can give. Uh, we uh, the the parks board votes to get rid of the Hiawatha statue. The Hiawatha statue is art. Let's say the arts board says, hey, no, actually, it's art, and we get to decide that. We don't want to get rid of it. And then there's a, a butting of heads there. That's the most extreme ex- example that I can give. But, um, yeah, w- what about the arts board here? Do they, they, want to, they, they just want a little bit more decision-making ability in, in terms of what city art means or what city art decisions happen? Yeah, I think that's really the, the crux of it. I mean, it is to have more input into what happens with public art around our community and especially projects that involve the city. And and when we think about our parks, for example, there is an amazing amount of art, whether it's statues or murals or other things that um, that are are currently contained within city parks or city open spaces. And so the Arts Board is looking to be able to offer some direction and, and oversight on that. In, in the scenario you're describing, that that's a tough one. I think it ultimately boils down to who has the authority. And in the case where it's the city park, the parks board or the board of park commissioners ultimately has the say because that's what 
the Wisconsin state statutes gives them for authority. But I suppose if in a situation where you had um, kind of a difference there, ultimately the city council could could decide on that. Yeah, and it seems uh, it, it it seems like an easy thing. Yeah, the arts board should have decisions on art until you make it the most extreme thing, and then it becomes a very hard decision. Sure, that's right. That's uh, right. Uh, number three is calling in this in I forgot to even mention this, but number three, I think he wants to ask you uh, maybe he has other questions, too, because he seems to dive into some of these uh, council agendas as well. But uh, about the Mike Pence visit and uh, number three, go ahead. You're on the air. I'm not interested about the Mike's. Oh, you're over. You're over that. Vice president. I know, Mr. Mayor, you can't help this, but I've been watching the property transfers in the paper every Sunday for the property you've been buying on South Avenue? Yeah, as a part of the, the redo of South Avenue, correct. Right. <clears throat> you must be buying every intersection from Clayson's all the way down to uh, West Avenue, right? Yeah, there, there's a lot of property impacts there. I, I don't know, I don't remember the total number of properties, but... Well, you're all putting, the way from, they're putting a lot of businesses right. out of business, a few residentials. <clears throat> I know you can't help, but, but that's a lot of tax revenue in one mile. Yeah, and it's, and it's actually less because of our efforts to convince the DOT to lessen the right-of-way that they were originally planning on acquiring because this is a Wisconsin DOT project, even though the city is doing the legwork. This is a state right. project to rebuild because it's a state highway. And their original plan had a much wider right-of-way, which would have um, dramatically increased the amount of property that was acquired and came off the tax roll. So, okay, well, all, all these businesses that you're buying, out at all these intersections, uh, is that just going to be a green space from now on then? You can't put nothing else there, can you? It would, at what location? On South Avenue. Well, there's there's many many spots on South Avenue. Do you have? Are you talking about a specific property? Well, where all your streets run north and south, uh, coming into South Avenue, those properties are being bought up at the intersections. So, I mean, is that just going to be a green space? If seeing you're knocking down all the buildings, it just depends on what's what's left for remnant. Properties. I mean, the, the, we're, we're trying, and again, with the DOT, to, do, to take as, as the least amount possible to get a new road rebuilt there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, number three, for the call. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Mayor Tim Cabot's on with us uh, till about 545 or so. So we got a couple minutes, uh, 20, 20 minutes to go here. Um, Mayor, the, the news news the, the last couple of days is of um, this priest, uh, Father James Altman. Uh, a video is kind of the video isn't brand new, so it just kind of it's starting to make the rounds and it's going a little bit viral. I think it had over three hundred thousand views a couple even a couple days ago. I haven't looked at the views lately, but um, it's set to I think Beethoven Symphony Number no. Seven. So it's kind of got this like dark feel to it, and then what he says is. Uh, a little bit out there. Did you watch the video? What, what did you think of that? I didn't watch the whole video. I, I got kind of the gist of it. it. It just seems to me that, again, anytime you have uh, uh, leaders in the community who are uh, causing division or 
singling out groups of people and and um, you know ca- causing negativity and hate that that to me is just the wrong thing and I and I really don't you know I didn't like it I just thought it was way over the top and uh, especially to get uh, you know everything is so hyper uh, politicized right now to to add to that uh, I just think is is the wrong thing. Yeah, and, and Bishop William Callahan, he's the uh, the bishop of the Lacrosse Diocese. At, at first, I, I believe they didn't want to comment on that, and, and now he put out a, a, a statement. I thought the statement itself, and it's on wisdomnews.com if you want to read the entire statement. I thought it was a, a pretty, I guess, good statement. It was well thought out uh, in, in regards to, uh, to 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 what Altman had said. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry, I did not see uh, Bishop. Uh, the bishop's statement on that, so I, I can't tell you anything about that. Well, Cabot, I, I, I encourage you to download the Wisdom app, and you'll get all that news right there on your phone. <laughs> all right, we'll um, do. We'll do. Uh, looking back, looking back at the uh, the city council agenda, there's um, and just before we get to Scott's comment, the news. This one, I think we can get through in a couple of minutes. The there's a there's something about a pedal pub on there. And I don't quite understand because I'm not savvy at, at reading council agendas and, and what exactly they mean. That's why I like to have you on right before these things happen. Uh, there's a pedal pub on there. I believe I talked to this guy when he was coming up with the idea of having a pedal pub in lacrosse. And I think he wants to have one in the river on the river, too. Um, but the, but the, the idea is I don't think he could have booze on the pedal pub at this point. Is there a city ordinance that needs to change for there to be the pub part of a pedal pub? Well, that, that's the that's really what's going before the council tonight, and at the special meeting for the judiciary and administration committee at at five fifty is to allow for for that to happen as long as it's in compliance with uh, Wisconsin state statutes. So that is the change that's going forward tonight for J and A, and then ultimately for the council to decide. So we're going to e- essentially ease back those city regulations on bicycling and boozing. Is that <laughs> is that what we're doing? Well, it's been, it's been a, really. A, I mean, if you think about since March and April, when when the pandemic hit, especially the uh, the city has been trying to whether it's relaxing fees or penalties and interest on late payments or uh, you know anything and everything that the city has been trying to do to help our small businesses. So. Uh, this really is an initiative from uh, Councilmember Newmeister, who felt it was important again to show support for for a small business, and and we'll see what the what J and A and the council does with that request. Yeah, the idea of a pedal pub in the middle of July, and I yeah, I've never been on one, so maybe you don't have to pedal that hard. I think they're even. I think it even has an engine on it. But man, the the best thing to do right now would be to have a beer and and pedal around the city on one of these things. I think as the fall colors start to come to fruition right if, if, if you can you know make sure you wear your your face covering and, and socially distance and, and do those things we'll just pedal faster uh yeah i guess i don't know i, I guess you would have to be uh comfortable with the people you're on the pub with um 608-785-7914 i know a couple of you are calling in uh we'll get to those calls but we got to do scott's comment the news and I'll, I'll i'll answer these calls during the break we'll be back after this on wisdom All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Mayor Tim Cabot joining us. He's got to go here in about 10 minutes because of uh, some city council and judiciary meetings. Uh, Mayor, we did have a couple of calls, and Sally just had a call, a question 
about Pettibone, so I'll put her on. Sally, you're on the air. Go ahead. Pettibone Park. Uh, what are they doing down there to the road? So we, we uh, It looks project. like they're doing some kind of construction. And yes. what is the cost on that? Can I ask that question also? You bet. So, so there is a project that is uh, swapping the plot and the, and the road so that it's um, uh, more safe for people parking and, and walking across into, into the beach house and into the beach. We're also doing some work there to address the, the plumbing and bathrooms. There's some fixes that need to take place. And then we are also raising the road as it goes south out of the floodway, I believe, so that we can deal with uh, and have the road be passable when there is high water, especially in the springtime. So all of those pieces are kind of fitting together. I believe the total cost, I, I don't have it right off the top of my head, but I believe in the capital budget the total cost is $250,000 to do those projects combined. Um, I can't recall. I, I believe we might also be working with the Pettibone Boat Club uh, group to help fund some of that because the raising the road out of the floodplain will help them um, and help the, the access there. But I believe it's right around $250,000. All right. Uh, thanks for the call, Sally. Uh, libertarian guy texted in. We, we were having a conversation about Hiawatha, and, and he, he maybe misunderstood, but it is kind of a pertinent question. Um, are we going to replace Hiawatha with anything or just leave it as, you know, we can see the sunset better? Well, that's really the, the Parks Board has identified a, uh, a group of, of stakeholders to, to have some discussions about what, if anything, would go there. So uh, as, as of right now, there is not a specific plan to replace it with anything, but I would imagine between the Parks Board, the Arts Board, the International Gardens, and our citizens that there will be some ideas for, for what should go next. Okay, and I know you said uh, maybe maybe the last time you were on, um, there is going to be some information as to where Hiawatha ends up, right? And we don't know where that's going to be yet. Well, I have asked the, the, the planners of that area to include information about Anthony Zimmerhockel, the, you know, the artist that, that created the Hiawatha, as well as some information so that if people did want to uh, find the Hiawatha, that there, that there would be information there for them to do that. So uh, I've asked the groups to, to make sure that they include that as a part in their plan. Yeah, as, as long as wherever Hiawatha goes, as long as those people want it to be known where it, where it is, I suppose. Yeah, and we we had talked about that with the family, so I, I believe that really coincides with what the family uh, wishes are. But but there's still quite a bit of work and detail yet on whatever uh, ends up happening there at that location. All right. So uh, we started the show mentioning that UW Lacrosse has a shelter in place for what's called Coat Hall. It's one of the dorms there, I believe. Um, that was kind of breaking news. It sounds like Joe is calling in with some more breaking news for us, Mayor. Uh, brace yourself. Joe, go ahead. You're on the air. So right now, Mayor, you have eight busloads of out-of-town terrorists organizing at the Stony Creek Inn. They're going to come and they're going to burn and they're going to loot your city. Do you promise to uphold your duties, uh, sworn duties, to keep this town safe 
by encouraging police to block off all routes downtown and also to surround any Catholic church, especially the north side, where they're coming to burn and loot? Or are you going to step aside like the rest of the liberals and let them do it? Where, where are the... Bu- they're, they're, where? Here orga- they're here organizing at, at Stony Creek Inn right now. I'm giving you time to stop it. Otherwise, you can step aside like the rest of the... Of the... Uh, all right. All right. Thanks, Joe. Um, do, do you have any uh, knowledge of uh, eight busloads of what Joe calls terrorists uh, organized against Stony Creek, Mayor? Well, that's news to me. I would encourage Joe or others if, if they if they feel that there's a threat to, um, you know, contact law enforcement. And I'm sure we have law enforcement listening as well. So uh, I, I would just point out, uh, because I know, again, so much of this ends up being political rhetoric and, you know, one side versus the other side. Lacrosse has done a phenomenal job of peaceful protests and, and really no damage to uh, property and and uh, I, I'm proud of that. I, I think the the work with the, the organizers of the marches and uh, their uh, goals to to be heard and to raise consciousness about what's going on, you know, all around the world and, and here on the cross has worked well with our police department, who have done a great job again in, in keeping people safe. So I'm not quite sure what. If Joe is aware that there's been, you know, protests and marches here in La Crosse, but up to this point, they've they've gone very well, and, and we would continue to do that uh, and, and really work to keep people safe. Yeah, I would say there's maybe more than one a week, don't you think? Yes. I mean, there for a while in June, we were having, I, they were just about on a daily basis, and so obviously we're, we're not in the same level of, of the larger cities, the you know, Madison's and Milwaukee's and, and places that you see across the country. Uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm proud of the fact that people here have been able to exercise their their rights and do it in a safe way. And it's led to dialogue and change that our police department, that our city government, that our others are really trying to make so that, again, we can be a place that is, is great and welcoming for everyone. Uh, Joe said something kind of weird too. He said, well, a whole lot of weird there, but he said uh, something about it's your sworn duty to protect. Um, is it, is it yours? I mean, what's the terminology? Is there terminology there where you have to protect the city or, 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 or any idea there? Well, the, according to the statutes, the, the mayor is responsible for the, you know, carrying out of all of the ordinances and and rules and policies and programs of the city. I mean, that's really my responsibility as the mayor. So, um, you know, ultimately the buck does stop with the mayor when, when things go uh, go bad or if things are, are needing to change, and I take that responsibility very seriously. So uh, we, we have very close communication with the police department. They are you know, working and on the lookout for any issues, and especially when we have any type of a protest march, they do a great job with the organizers to keep people safe. All right, and then last thing, going back to the city council agenda, there's a there's two things that kind of I think there's two things that deal with the homeless. There's one that the Catholic charities wanted to put a put a like a resource center at in the Washburn neighborhood and then county wise. So this isn't a city council thing, but county wise, the county wants to change or, or, or convert the econo lodge or, or have the econo lodge as a homeless shelter in some capacity 
Uh, can you just talk about those issues, the homeless issue, and, and do you see any progress being made anywhere? Well, well, I do. I mean, that, that's been one of the biggest challenges all throughout the pandemic, uh, and, and a lot of it because the shelters have less capacity to, to try to deal with the, those folks who need shelter. So that's been a, a particularly difficult challenge, and, and you know, people have whether it's been at Burns Park or in some of the parking ramps, I mean, people have noted that there are people living outside and, and what is our plan? Um, we, we have been working every day with all of our partners to get, uh, connect people with resources and to get them into shelter and then ultimately into permanent housing um, for folks that are homeless and then having to try to take some of those next steps. I mean, there's quarantines and there's periods of time where, uh, we have to have facilities to, to try to limit the spread of, of the coronavirus. So for in the case of the Econolage, we've actually been working on this since, I believe, April to, uh, to get the, the shelter, play, uh, shelter and, and to get uh, a facility in place where we, we have space available for homeless citizens so they can get off the street and get out of the elements and actually have a roof over their heads and then, again, connect them into hopefully more permanent programs and housing. Uh, when it comes to, and I'll just shift gears with the Catholic Charities request, they are looking to create a, a daytime uh, a center, a resource facility that, that used to be uh, part of the hospitality house that was over off of 6th Street, and then that closed. And so uh, they, they have some facilities that, or, or some services that they provide at the warming center on uh, on Third uh, Street, but they're looking to create a kind of a one-stop shop. Unfortunately, for that location, I think that was one of the biggest uh, roadblocks was that location and and the neighbors and various committees not feeling that that was the optimal optimum location for that facility. So I, I know Catholic Charities will continue to work on that and will continue to be. A partner with them to try to find the right place to do that, and uh, that that uh, that uh, that issue is on the council meeting tonight. All right, I know you got to go, but is it a ridiculous notion to uh, have any of these facilities in an empty shop core and empty Kmart that that have been vacant for so long? Well, the the challenge is um, it depends on kind of what is the use. So the um, if it's going to be for uh, human habitation and for people to live there. Those, those empty Kmarts and Shopcos really don't lend themselves well to that because they have to be, in essence, redone with all of the life safety and sprinklers and, and um, you know, all of the elements to make it a place where people can live. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for the daytime, you know, drop-in and uh, resources, those facilities would, would be fine. Uh, it just, you know, again, comes down to the right location, the, the cost, and, and putting all of the pieces together. Yeah, negotiating with who owns those buildings, I suppose. All right, yeah. uh, Mayor, thanks a lot for your time, and uh, go have you some bet. fun at your meetings. <laughs> all right, thank you, Rick. Take right, care. Bye-bye. Uh, Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot, uh, thanks for joining. Let's take uh, let's take another quick break, and we'll be back. If you, uh, I'll try to... Well, I think I read most of the text, but if you got if you want to call in 608-785-7914. I know Eric was calling in. Eric, you can call me now. Uh, we'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 
Thanks a lot to you, Mayor Tim Cabot, for uh, running running the interview right up, butted up right against the uh, the Judiciary Committee meeting uh, that's happening. I think it begins right a minute ago, and obviously the City Council meeting happens. What is it? The second Thursday, I think the second Thursday of every month, and the mayor usually comes on on Monday, but we had a holiday Monday, so today was the day he could come in. It was kind of fun because. We got to to listen to you know what's going to happen on the council agenda tonight right before it happens. Kind of a lot of news happened uh, while we were well right right before the show and while we were talking. The Lacrosse County Health Department is going back to daily case count numbers. Um, they they had stopped that maybe three weeks ago and and just said here here's a look at what happened the past week because the past week when, when it comes to COVID nineteen it's a better gauge of what's happening. Um. In, in terms of, you know, where we're at with the virus. But as the mayor had said, I think the mayor even said it's it's better to do it by day. And what I think a lot of people believe is, you know, like if if we get 75 cases in a day, like what the, the state said, it's, it's more, it's going to be a little bit more like knowledgeable about where we at, where we're at with the case count, I guess. It's just like a little bit more impactful. That's the word I was looking for. Um, so, so doing that, I think it's going to help just be like, oh yeah, look, we hit 75. Why is that? And then you just kind of question, question what's going on. It's, um, so, so the County's going to do that. The County also updated their, like, uh, their, uh, high risk places and they're all downtown businesses that, uh, in terms of drinking, eating, uh, there's a call coming in. Caller, who's this? Yeah, it's Joe. Hey, I just wanted to make a comment about the, uh, um, the, the priest video that you made a comment about and, I think the difference is if you're a patriot and you're for American exceptionalism, you would have probably liked the video. But if you are a socialist or a communist and you hate this country, then you wouldn't like the video. Well, if you were a Democrat and a Catholic, you wouldn't like the video because he said all Democrats who are Catholics go to hell. Right. That that, that is true. Abortion is not a Catholic trait. So that is true. If well, you're but you're just if you're just Democrat, you could be pro-life and Democrat, but you're going to hell anyway. That's what the guy said. It was a pretty dark if video. If you're if you're Catholic, though, that is what they preach. So he is correct. But you can be you Democrat like and pro-life, Joe. Like you can be both. So, but either way, yeah, you're going to hell. You just want to bring up abortion, but I'm just saying in general, he just he just pointed to half the country and said you're all going to hell. It was pretty weird, well, man. You can't they admit will. it wasn't a they weird video. I, they will go to hell. So it wasn't a weird we video to, to you? So Biden gets, if Biden gets in office, we will be going to hell. Oh, it's funny, yeah. It's, that, it sounds, you sound a little crazy there, Joe, I think. Uh, it, it has nothing. I don't think uh, where, who is the president determines whether or not what happens to you in the afterlife. Uh, Brett, is this Brett? Yeah. Brett, you got like a minute. Well, it's all fine when, you know, Altman says what he says but is it good that what does he say about you know a lot of priests doing kids you know he didn't bring any of that up did he no he didn't and, do you that know, if you want to separate church and state separate church and state but he is so out of touch i hope he gets fired and he'll be out in the left field he'll be done did he, you brett did you read what Joe, did you read what Bishop the Lacrosse Diocese Bishop said about about the video? Yeah, 
And yeah. that that's kind of a softball deal, too, because, you know, they didn't say anything for two days. And then they figured out how much money they're going to lose, and all of a sudden things changed. Do, do you think, like, Altman's just all trying... about the money. Does it, feel, does it seem like Altman's maybe just trying to get attention? A little bit, maybe even from the top of the top of the top here in the country. No, no, um, Altman, Altman—that's what he believes in, and I think he might be a caller in the morning. But and the biggest thing is, the the higher ups in the Catholic system said we might lose a lot of frickin' money here, okay. so we got to change our stance. It's always about the money. All right. Well, thanks for the call, Brett. All right. Uh, I think, is that going to do it? I think that's going to do it. That's all the time I have. I'm trying to do the math here. I got a minute. Is this, let's see here. Uh, this is Eric. Eric, you got, Eric, you got 30 seconds. Yeah, this uh, Altman guy, there's nothing he said, what I read in the newspaper, that was not true. Everything he said was absolutely true. You say there's pro-left Democrats? How come they get up? platform at a Democratic convention. They're not, well, we don't want that. We don't want that because we're pro-abortion. Not pro-choice, but pro-abortion. Planned Parenthood uh, owns the Democrat Party. And uh, okay, these guys are a bunch of buffoon liars, obvious scares, and full of crap. And uh, as soon as you realize that, the better off you'll be. Well, it feels like it feels like Altman's casting judgment on half the country if half the country is Democrat and the other half is Republican. And I, th- I thought only one person got to cast judgment on on people's afterlives. So that's what that just seemed. To, it was a little dark. It was a little dark. I'll tell you it, that that's on wisdomnews.com too. If you want to go listen to the video or read some of the excerpts, uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, all right, that is all the time I'm going to have for today. What day is tomorrow? Friday. Thank goodness. All right. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody.